have this happen. Okay, if you're watching online, welcome and Happy New Year. Now that you can officially hear, um, here we go. Um, here's what I wanted to do. If this is your first time here, I want to give you a little context for our church. Post-COVID, um, we started renting this facility. We used to be in Kennesaw Elementary School, but the schools weren't allowing uh, people like us to rent them. And so this was one of the few places we were able to find that opened its doors. It's one of the oldest, most historic churches in all of our region of Atlanta, which makes this a very special place to meet. It also makes it a very unique place in that 140 years ago, nobody was thinking about kid space or acoustics or where you're putting power outlets and all the things. Uh, so while it is amazing what God has been doing in our church, there are obviously some unique challenges to being in this facility, but we love it. We love what God's been doing. We love that you're here, and we are in this community, and we're for this community. God's doing great things here. We're privileged to be part of it. We're a part of a ministry called Every Nation. Some of you are here today on your way to a campus conference in Florida, if I've got my facts right, part of the Every Nation Campus Conference. And while we have college students from our different Every Nation churches heading south, we will be having some of our teens heading just a little bit north uh, this weekend, going to their first conference. So we've got people kind of coming and going, and it's a great time to be a part of what God is doing. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. And then we'll get right into the text today. I want you to participate, maybe for the first time, in a special week of prayer and a special week of, yes, fasting. Not this coming week, but the following week. It's something that all of our churches are doing globally, and it is a powerful time of prayer and worship. I did not grow up doing that, just so you know. I didn't grow up fasting or denying myself something. I, I, didn't, I didn't do any of that. I would have thought you were crazy if you had asked me to participate in something like that. But here's the deal. We're starting the year out with a week of prayer and fasting. In other words, we're saying, God, what we desire most and what we hunger for most is you. You're what I am truly the most hungry for. And so we deny our souls a little bit, you know, our, a little your physical body, things that you need to remind yourself of what you actually need most. And that is God. And so pick up a prayer and devotional guide literally on your way out the door today. I am half begging you to participate in it. It's a powerful, powerful moment in this church, but also participating globally with what's happening. Turn to the book of John chapter 2 today. You can follow along behind me um, with the screen behind me. You can turn in your Bibles there. Uh, or if you prefer the, the digital version Bible app, go for it. Uh, we'll be in John chapter 2. And here we go. We're, we're in a series called Miracles. We're starting it today. Do you need God to show up in 2023? Chances are you do. And even if you can't distinctively define something where you're like, I need God to do this, chances are you will. It's a rare person indeed who doesn't have something in their life where, where you just need a shift, 
where you need a miracle, where you need God to show up and do something to alter things, to change it. Some of you need marriage or relationship miracles. Some of you need financial miracles. Some of you are praying for a family member to become a Christian. And you make no mistake about it. That is, in fact, a miracle that you are believing for. Miracles can come in all shapes and sizes. But if you are sitting here and never in, the life, in your life need God to move in a powerful way, I have news for you. You are probably stuck in the hamster wheel of Christianity, just going through the motions and no longer engaged in God's moving power. His miraculous power. Which is why a week of prayer and fasting can shake you out of that. Get your spirit and soul a little bit more tuned into what God is doing. I don't know about you, but I need God to show up. I've got some things in my life where we need just some miraculous moves of God. I do. Full transparency. I have a feeling you do too. So we're going to turn to John chapter 2, and we're going to get into Jesus' very first miracle. And maybe there's something in this story that just might apply to your situation, to your family, to your job, to this church. What if the Bible wasn't just a bunch of old antiquated stories, but in fact had pertinence to your life? Oh, surprise, it does. John chapter 2. Here we go. Jesus' very first miracle. On the third day, verse 1, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples, and when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My kind of sarcastic tone, I added that, okay? Woman. Why are, you, why are you bringing me into this? Okay? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Don't you love Jesus' mom right here? Jesus is like, hey, why, why are you bringing me into this? And his mother just does what a mother does. She just like looks at him and completely disregards what he has to say. And she's just like, Sir, do whatever he says. <laughs> like, Jesus, you don't have an option, right? <laughs> I love this story. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. That's a lot. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and didn't know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. And they stayed there a few days. Everyone loves miracles. We love talking about miracles. 
We debate miracles. We, we love the miraculous, but guess what? Even though we all love miracles, not everyone loves being put in situations where miracles are needed. Don't you love miracles for other people? But you don't want to be in the situation where you're the one who needs the miracle. Nobody wants to be in that situation because it requires a measure of faith and trusting and leaning in and, uh, and discomfort that we do not like. Everyone loves miracles, but I'll go so far as to say, I don't think anyone loves being in the situation where they're in the position of needing the miracle. We don't like it. When you need a miracle in your home with your kids, I don't like that. When things are tight and I need a, a miracle financially, I don't like how that feels. When there's relationship tension and you got to work it out and you need a miracle. Well, who wants that? Oh, I want it for other people. But for me, God, please, don't put me in a position where I need a miracle. And yet, that's exactly where we find ourselves over and over again, isn't it? So when you read this story, and you know what? I'm sorry. It's time. We all knew it was going to happen, didn't we? Thank you. You got to look good for like the first two minutes, and then that's coming up. It's just, it's not going to happen. Also, the heat was turned up because it was 92 degrees below zero on Christmas Eve Eve here. And so we cranked the heat up a little bit so you wouldn't be cold, but whoo, it gets a little toasty on this stage, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so here we have Jesus, and he's at Cana and Galilee, and it's his first miracle. Now, when you, when I read this story, I got to be really transparent with you. It's like, water to wine like it's a cool miracle you know what i mean like oh that's awesome way to go jesus i, I want to like you know kind of fist bump him and be like what's up bro that was awesome you know like when you're watching instagram and you see like the ski you know ski jumps you know and you're like look at that we watch the reels on instagram with the kids of like people doing trick shots and you know they're they're throwing the things in the two liter and all the guys go crazy if you know what i'm talking about right just the crazy stunts and things like this feels like that to me it's like Jesus is at a party and the wine has run out. Now, some of you are like, bro, that is a big deal, okay? <laughs> I hear you. When I read it, I'm like, okay. Like, it's not like Jesus is healing blind eyes. It's not like somebody who's dead has been raised to life. It's not the Red Sea parting. And Israel walking through on dry ground. I read this miracle of Jesus, and it kind of feels like minor leagues. It's minor league miracle versus major miracle. And it's easy for me to dismiss a little bit of what God's doing and think the only reason it's here for us is because it's the first miracle. That's the only reason it's really recorded is because it's number one. It's the first one. But understand what Jesus is doing here has such implication for you and I and how we live our lives and how we worship him and walk with him. And it is just as much a miracle as any other moment we see Jesus performing in the Bible. This is a powerful moment of 20 to 30 gallons of water in these purification jugs. And bam, just like that. 
Jesus changes water to wine. And he does it in a wedding. And what's interesting about this story is the vast majority of people have no idea what has happened. They don't know. Even the people who are hosting the wedding, you realize nothing is ever brought to them in this moment. Oh, there's a major issue. And understand, at a wedding in Cana, this is a whole city, right? The whole town comes out for this, and it's a week long. And yes, you are providing food, and you are providing dancing, and you're providing wine for a week. It is a huge deal. It is of public standing. It is of reputation, right? This is not the cultural American wedding that we are used to. This is very different. And for you to run out of wine would have been the shame of the town, okay? This would have been shameful, embarrassing even. And so Jesus is called in to be of help and to do what? a miracle at the bequest at the request bequest at the whatever of his mother so a few things you guys ready because i think this is going to start bearing out even in our own lives in 2023 everybody needs god to move in certain ways so here are three things i'm going to do what i don't normally do and i'm going to give you three points normally i'm a story-based preacher Right? So I like to talk through the story. I'm giving you three points today. So for you note-takers, miracle number two is happening today in that I am giving you actual points that you can write down and begin to apply to your life. Number one, this miracle that we see in John chapter 2, it requires something that oftentimes we miss and that it, it required participating in community. This miracle takes place as Mary is aware of the need of the people that are getting married. Now, you don't, you don't, you, she would not have been aware of this situation unless there was context and there was relationship. You don't just step in and begin ordering servants around at a wedding. Also, she knows the, the dynamics. She knows the situation. We are not aware of her position here in this wedding, but we know that she's close enough in proximity to the people getting married and the way this thing is being orchestrated that she sees the wine running out and she steps in to do something on behalf of the people that she has relationship with. And by the fact that Jesus and his disciples, by the way, were invited to this wedding means that they also had some measure of relationship and proximity to the people getting married. Do you hear this? Because for many of us, when we look at miracles and the miraculous move of God, we think about going into our homes. We think about being by ourselves praying in our prayer closet and nobody knowing what's happening. It's just me and God. And I'm, I'm, I am crying out to him for this miraculous moment. And the people who receive this miracle, they're not even praying. They're not even the ones asking. It was literally the one on the sidelines, the fringe, the proximity here that is standing and believing for a miracle on behalf of somebody else. Guess what? You need relationships with people. Yeah. 
No one's hearing this. But even in our church, if, the, if, the, if, if what you encounter and experience ends, it begins and ends with you coming into this little box-shaped sanctuary, having a time of worship, hearing a message, and leaving, you are missing some of the miraculous move of God by virtue of not having relationship with God's people and in God's community. That is the beauty of community, is that when you have something going on in your life, you've got a Mary in your life who can say, I'm on it. I'm praying. I'm seeking God. I'm on my knees. I'm bringing meals. I'm doing everything I can do to see God show up, not in my life, but in your life. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is miraculous. Don't ever lose sight of the miracle of community and people knowing you well enough to actually pray for your situation. Don't miss it. Don't stand so far removed that nobody ever knows what's going on in your life. Don't do that. You're missing some of the miraculous power of God that comes through walking with God's people. And I know that's hard, church. We love our private lives. I know. I do too. I don't want to invite people into my situation. I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to ask people to pray. Sometimes I don't even forget asking. Sometimes I just don't want to engage in the emotional work required to have relationships. True story. It's like, oh man, I just want to be home by myself. But I miss being alone. Listen, have your alone time. I hear you. But people need to know you, and you need to be known. Because there's miraculous power in community. And we see this with Mary. She sees and she knows what's going on. Uh, Secondly, this miracle, it didn't just require a measure of community and people knowing one another. It also required obedience. Some miracles in the Bible require no obedience. Jesus just shows up and somebody has a need, they're blind, right? And they ask for Jesus to heal and he heals, right? It's just, it's just, Jesus just shows up in a powerful, amazing way. And then there are some miracles where we see Jesus instructing people to do something. And as they obey, the power of God is released in their life. And when in doubt... I want to make sure that this is clear as we head into 2023. The best decision is always the obedient decision. It's not like, oh, let me pray about this and and really, you know, let me ask God if I should be, you know, if I should pursue the moral route. No, you don't even need to pray about it, okay? Obey him. What's he inviting you to do? What's he asking of you in 2023? The right decision is always the obedient decision. And look at what these servants had to do. Do First of all, do you realize the level of, maybe danger is the wrong word, but imagine filling all of these 20 to 30 gallon purification jugs, dipping the cup in, filling something up, and then walking it over, right, to the people running the wedding. Your job's on the line here. 
Are you really going to trust what Jesus is doing? Are you really going to trust what Mary is telling you to do in this moment? Because it's all, it's all on the line right here, right? And you, you know what I mean? You're dipping this in here and you're walking it over and you're like, I know what I just put in this jug and it was water. And now I'm carrying it over here and I'm going to give it to you. And somehow, some way, it's miraculously going to just turn into wine. I don't know how this is happening. I don't know when, when, I have no answers here, except you've asked me to do this. And so I'm going to do it. And how many times do we see God showing up in ways where your explanation for it is completely broken in half? At what point did that water turn the tree? Like, think of the molecular structure of that water. Hydrogen, two. Oxygen, one. H2O. This is water. And then somehow, biologically, it miraculously becomes wine. Now, the science nerd in me is like, where did this happen? How long did it take? What happened? Like, what, 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 what happened at the atomic level here? Like, where? I want to know. I want to break it down. And I can't break it down. All I can do is say... Jesus said this, Mary said this, and they obeyed despite what their natural senses would have told them. They trusted Jesus and they obeyed him and they did what they knew was right even though it was uncomfortable and even though this was risky and even though this required faith. How many times does God showing up in your life require you to trust him in ways that do not make sense. And people who are watching think you lost your ever-loving mind. Think of people on the outside looking in. If they had just told, if you had just explained this. Yeah, this has got water in it. But she told me to go ahead and fill up that cup and take it to the, you know, the, the, the one running the wedding. And I think by the time it gets there, it's going to turn into wine. What do you think? You'd be like, you're going to get fired. That's what. (laughs) Your job's over. Pack your bags. Goodbye. And that's not what happened. You guys with me today? Just to remind you, or I'll just read that text one more time. You know what? You got it. Third point. This miracle required community. This miracle required obedience. And this miracle led to belief. And many times we miss God's opportunities in our lives because we want, we, there's nothing wrong with you needing or wanting God to show up in your life. But you know what oftentimes moves the heart of God? Is not only needing him in my own life, but when my heart is also broken and beating for those who do not know him, that they might see the glory of God revealed, yes, in my life, yes, in that situation, yes, in that scenario. It's amazing what happens when when hearts are, are beating and broken for those who do not know Jesus. 
And we don't see that in this, in this story. We don't see somehow that the servants are like, hey, like, yo, can you do that again? And we bring some friends in so they can see you do this? Like, Jesus, come on, let's do it one more time. Round two, okay? Like, we, we don't see that. We, we don't see a, a petitioning. What we simply see are people coming to further faith in Christ, and it's written in the text. And here we see in John chapter 2, verse 11, the first of his signs, the Bible says, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And what happened? His disciples believed in him. And then in the very last chapter of the book of John, John chapter 20, verse 31, these things, John writes, they are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Why did John put this miracle in the Bible? Why do we see water to wine? Ultimately, it's that those who don't believe might have a shred of faith come alive in their heart that they might have faith again or it might be reawakened or their eyes might be opened that Jesus is who? That Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Savior, the one who is broken for all that we might have life. And the story of this moment is, is that which is unclean being made clean. Understand there's symbolism happening here that you don't even capture. Think of all the dirty hands going into jugs of water to be made clean. The filth of their hands rinsed off. That which is unclean manifesting in that dirty jug. And what does Jesus do? He takes that which is unclean and he makes it clean. He makes it pure. And we don't necessarily look at wine that way, but wine would have been the ultimate cleansing that took place and giving it flavor, vibrancy, power, death to life, unclean to pure. Miracles. That's what we see Jesus doing. It's the first And it's setting the stage for everything to come. That you might believe. Jesus' disciples, by the way, they already kind of believe, don't they? They're at the wedding with him. So what do we see to our religious folks for the young 13-year-old Andy who grew up in church? This is good news for me. Because Jesus is looking and and the servants who don't know Christ, their eyes are being opened. The Bible says that they know who did this miracle. Their eyes were open to it. But the Bible says that Jesus' disciples believed in him also. In other words, they had faith, but Jesus did something that allowed their faith to grow and stretch even more. And in 2023, when I look at my life and when I pray for this church, there are some of you that are on the fence as to whether Jesus is who he says he is. And some of you are literally sitting here and you need your faith. You are a disciple and you do believe, but there's still room for Jesus to grow you and stretch you and help you become somebody who has greater faith in your life than you do right now. I want that. 
I want that to mark the year in front of me. God, thank you that you aren't finished with me. Thank you that being your disciple and following you is more than just a one-time moment and a one-time decision. That you're still at work and you're still moving. God, thank you. You're not finished. You're still at work. My biggest problems. I don't like it. But my biggest problems many times are God's biggest opportunities. And God uses these moments to restore my faith and he uses these moments to stretch my faith and he uses these moments for other people who are looking at your life and who are watching you. He uses this moment to bring them to faith and to bring them to belief as well. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning.